Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Seth, who is a family nurse practitioner. Currently, he is working at a primary care practice full-time, but it's only four days a week. He's wanting to start his own weight loss practice because he is doing it in his job, but would like to venture out on his own. He's needing assistance with organizing his thoughts on the business startup process, how to manage the finances and expenses of the business, and which milestones to understand during the process. Hey, Seth, how are you? Good, good. And thank you again, Dustin, for getting on to talk about this. Yeah, for sure, man. So, uh, so yeah, tell us a little about yourself. You know, how long have you been a nurse practitioner for, and what sorts of uh, what sorts of things you've been doing? So, I've been a nurse practitioner um, for the past three years. I worked uh, four years um, as a registered nurse on a surgical trauma floor and weight loss floor. And um, after doing uh, coming into uh, my degree, I started doing uh, family practice for the last three years, with the same job. And I've just noticed a big calling uh, for additional help with weight loss. And, um, you know, it's, it's been coming a, a more frustrating thing for me because I feel like uh, patients just don't get the time to talk to me about weight loss um, in the primary care setting. And I feel like I would be able to reach them better in uh, my own practice setting. So hopefully it's something I'll be able to transition to full time from a part-time position. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so what sorts of things are you doing in your primary care practice now? Is it just general primary care? Correct. So just general primary care. And then I have added uh, my own spin to, you know, weight loss, which, you know, just the general stuff like QCMF, uh, Contra, uh, GLP-1s, obviously, are the, uh, the new thing. Um, and then more, more, most importantly, it's counseling patients about proper nutrition and exercising. So, okay. So you're doing a lot of weight loss at this practice. Over the probably the last six months, yes, and it's been primarily through word of mouth that they've realized that oh, this this MP does a lot with weight loss, and he's had a lot of patients that have had success with it. Okay, gotcha. So then, um, yeah, I'm assuming that you're getting to the point where you're 
you're seeing the opportunity here. You're seeing these patients at this primary care practice, and now you're probably got the wheels spinning in your mind. All right. Why don't I open up my own weight loss practice? Is that kind of what's going on? Yeah, that's correct. Because I feel, you know, my weight, more my patients that came to me originally as just primary care, have became walking billboards of their weight loss. And it's caused other patients to say, hey, go see that NP. He can help you with the weight loss. So I found that, you know, rather than me putting in, you know, these long hours at work, um, I do travel. It takes me one hour, one way to get to work. So it's two hours, uh, although it's only four days a week, it's still uh, two hours of travel a day. Um, I found a little bit of a, of a potential opportunity for me to do some weight loss uh, um, practice. And then ultimately what I would like to do is just function on um, just doing that alone. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Two hours in the car every day. That, uh, it probably gets old. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. the, so some of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, so I live in New Jersey, um, which allows me to practice relatively independently, but with a collaboration, collaborating position. I know that you are not a fan of that and neither am I, uh, but it's, Currently, the position that I found myself, if I want to see patients in-house, uh, that I'm going to have to find a collaborating position through. Um, I reached, I, I reached out to a, I believe you had Guardian, uh, Guardian Education Group on. Um, and so I did reach out to them. I talked to them about that collaboration of the cost. It's pretty costly. Um, so it, that that alone does have a concern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and... You know, it is what it is, right? I mean, if you're in a restrictive state, you need a collaborator, then, you know, it just is what it is. You can't, you can't fight that, you know? Um, the only way to fight that is to do telemedicine in another state or to drive across the state border or something, you know? So, so it is what it is. You're going to have to just accept that that's going to be an expense in your business. Um, you know, Guardian Medical Group, uh, you know, they, they do provide, you know, collaborative services. Uh, it's reasonably priced compared to some other services. Um, but you know, like you said, though, I mean, it can't be pricey. So are there better options? Uh, first, can you tap into anyone that, you know? Yeah. So I, I did try, I work with a family medicine doc right now. Um, actually three other family medicine docs. And I don't think either of those, uh, individuals seem very interested in this. Um, they just didn't like it from a liability, um, standpoint. So uh, that's what made me reach out to that, that group. Um, something that I did see as a potential uh, opportunity would be, and I don't know if this is something realistic, is to see patients virtually in a state like Arizona where it's independent practice. I just don't know how that works if I was in New Jersey seeing them virtually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's independent state. Arizona is yes, correct. Right, right, so right. Yeah. In Arizona. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You could do that. The issue though is, is um, you have to market very heavily for a telemedicine practice like that to succeed in another state, and so you have to have a lot of money for your marketing budget. So the question is, you know, how much money do you want to start here? So. After, if, if I was to do the collaboration, um, it's probably about a thousand dollars monthly cost for me. Um, so it would be, I guess, if it would be adding on just a thousand dollars in marketing, it would be kind of a mute point, and then canceling out my inpatient um, appointments. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's going to cost you a thousand dollars a month, um, collaboration, you're going to spend a lot more on that, uh, for, for marketing and telemedicine practice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to spend a lot more. So the question is, is word of mouth and patients just finding you through your, you know, through your new business. Is that going to be cheaper paying a collaborator and staying local versus, going into a state that you really don't, you know, don't really know anyone, you know, you're just kind of going in there blindly and marketing, uh, and, you know, competition as well. Right. Um, you know, what's going to be the cheaper option. I'm leaning towards sticking around in your, you know, in your area and just paying the collaboration fee. I think probably would be, probably would make the most sense. So more to the story. So, for the building that I could potentially function out of, there's actually a medical spa that I had opened up and I, and I confronted them about it. They don't have a uh, mid-level or an MD in the, associated with the practice. And they're willing to let me use a room for a uh, 10% cut uh, uh, per visit. Um, so that I saw as a potential opportunity. So I'm not, you know, if I don't, if I don't do well initially and I don't get a lot of inpatient appointments, I'm not paying, you know, you know, $1,500 a month for a room. Um, it's kind of based off of how many patients I would end up seeing. Gotcha. And so what, it's what kind of clinic? It's a medical spa. So they just do like massages. They do uh, um, eyebrows, eyelashes, yoga classes. So there's really no medical services there? Correct. No, no medical services at all outside of if you constitute um, massage therapy as, as uh, medical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So will they allow you to just sublease the room? You just pay them a fee every month and that's it. You're not sharing profits. That is correct. They would allow me to do that. Okay. All right. Then that's not, that's not a bad idea. And how much do they want to charge you a month? I think we worked around the figure of like 300 bucks a month. Okay. Then that's, yeah, that's dude. That's a no brainer. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a no brainer. I mean, because you're probably going to have patients coming in and out of there just as walk through traffic. You know, them getting the other services, and they're going to see what you're doing, and they're and they're going to be interested. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that's basically free marketing, and it's extremely cheap, um, extremely cheap room, three hundred bucks. That's just for one room, or I, I mean, what's what's the size? Yeah, so it's just for one room, and that's all that she would be able to allow me to have. The size is pretty, it's like, it's just like a normal office size room. So it's, it's decent size. I can fit. Um, she actually said that she would provide me a um, massage chair for, you know, for a patient, you know, rather than be, I know you've talked about, you know, don't go out and spend, you know, that, yeah, that two grand on a, on a, on a medical practice um, uh, chair. Um, just get, you know, whatever you can, like a massage chair or something, chiropractor chair. Um, yeah. So she's yeah. willing to provide that for me. Okay, Perfect. So would she schedule appointments and stuff for you, or is that going to be strictly on you? So, yeah, so that you just led into my next thing. So um, the big trouble that I found is, is I don't know what EMR system I'm going to be using. And uh, I found a EMR system that would allow me to schedule appointments or patients could schedule appointments, elect, you know, like through our, through our company website. Um, and she would also hire she has a full-time staff member that would also help to schedule some of that uh the problem with that though is that emr system uh is 500 dollars a month uh, yeah dude i wouldn't that's highway robbery 
$500 a month for an EMR, that's completely unnecessary. So my question is, I don't know, uh, not only is it $500 a month, but they're telling me that it takes approximately two to three months for them to get it up and running for, for the company. Um, even as small scale as the one that I'm launching right now. I don't, I didn't know, you know, if something like, I don't know, going back to like paper charts would be something that would be a good idea um, in figuring out some online scheduling service rather. Yeah. I mean, paper charts, I mean, they still work. I mean, what's preventing you from just using another EMR, like simple practice or OptiMonch or something that costs, you know, less than a hundred dollars a month and you can literally sign up immediately and start using it. So I actually hadn't looked into all the EMRs. I guess I had my company currently uses that Athena EMR, which was one that was going to charge me $500. I felt that that was the one that I was most comfortable with. Um, But you think something simpler, like a simple, like a simple, you said it's called simple practice. Yeah. Simple practice or OptiMantra, either one of those, man, it's less than a hundred bucks. You create an account and you're up and running immediately almost like, yeah, there's there's no need to complicate this. I mean, it's just basic weight loss. Like you create a template, you just use it. I mean, learning a new EMR is, you know, it can be time consuming. Um, but you know, it it's not that difficult. If you can use one EMR, you can pretty much use any other EMR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um then that because that would that would save me potentially, um, you know, if you're saying like, you know, roughly a hundred bucks and that was that's for sure easily saving me four hundred dollars. I think it was actually an additional, uh, I don't know, it was like six bucks or something for a per visceral visit as well. So it was some additional cost for virtual visits. Yeah, dude. A lot of these EMRs are, uh, they're, they're honestly kind of, they're scams. Like I, I don't, I, I don't understand why anyone would ever use something like that. It's, it's way too expensive for what you need for a simple cash-based practice. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I know that you've mentioned in some of your past podcasts about prescribing DEA regulated medications. Probably the biggest one that I foresee is, you know, obviously phenamine. Um, I've tried to look at the laws and regulations. It kind of it seems very gray to me, especially recently with it. Um, if you haven't seen the patient in office, so if you've only seen them for virtual and prescribing them something like, you know, uh, phenamine. Yeah. Um... So the DEA rules are constantly evolving and changing, right? Uh, if you've seen them via telemedicine um, and you're prescribing them with controlled substance, I believe you have until November 2024 to see them in person one time to meet that requirement. Okay, so currently, um, so it's something that I'm just going to have to con- constantly follow up with then. Uh, at some point, yeah. Yeah. Again, the stuff's constantly devolving and changing, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, you have to see the patient at least one time in person after November, 2024 is my understanding with the DEA regulations, but that can change. Oh, that's after November, 2024. Okay. Correct. You now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have until November, 2024, you continue seeing the patient via telemedicine, but after November, 2024, you will have to see them at least one time if you want to continue prescribing them meds. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. But I said, that's my understanding of it, but it can change. We recorded this, you know, August, September, 2023. The new rules are supposed to be uh, published uh, November of this year. So something can change though. Okay. Okay. So I'll look out for the new publication. November. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so my wife is the one that's handling a lot of the business side. She has a uh, an MBA, um, and she also does a lot with uh, physical fitness and sports nutrition. She's an army cap, she, or she was an army captain. She's uh, she went to Bali, studied yoga for a while. She has a nutrition certification, and she was on the New Jersey Olympic team. So I wanted to see about, but I didn't want to do it in an overwhelming fashion. So I don't know whether to kind of slowly see first how the weight loss alone goes, or if we should try to launch all that at once, since it's focused around, you know, getting patients back into physical fitness. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't, you know, if you feel like it's not going to overcomplicate your business, then okay. You know, I, I recommend never doing too much, at, you know, at, at the beginning of it. If weight loss is going to be your focus, focus on weight loss, any complimentary services surrounding weight loss. But I wouldn't be adding a bunch of things to it that will overcomplicate it until you get your feet wet. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, some people can integrate multiple services at one time and and they're fine, but some people can't. So it really just depends on what your tolerance for, you know, multitasking multiple things and learning new things and doing new things. Sure. Um, so I've tried to poke around to kind of see where costs are for seeing, uh, weight loss patients. And it is very drastically. Um, I live in a hundred and County, New Jersey, um, medium income, pretty good, uh, uh, medium household income. And, uh, patients have money. They want to lose weight. Uh, but I see very, very, you know, anything from memberships. And I know you're not a big fan of memberships. Um, but also, uh, you know, individual, um, like individual consult costs. Uh, so it's kind of been hard to figure out, okay, where, where do I start with the costs? Cause I don't know if I want to start low and then work way up. Um, I don't know where you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I like subscription membership. Oh, you do. I do. I don't like locking in patients with a contract. Okay. Ah. Uh. Okay. Yeah, I don't make my patients sign contracts. Okay, I I personally would never see a I would I would never see a provider that made me sign a contract for care. I I, I never would lock them in for six months or something like that and penalties and you know and absolutely not. It's it's sharky. So um, but 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 just subscription based pricing, I am a fan of it. I you know I actually recommend that. Um, you know, monthly fee of three hundred dollars a month or whatever includes medications, visits, etc. Uh, so you know, pricing that stuff is really going to be dependent on the market rate in your area. Um, you know, the rate for somewhere like Vegas compared to you know some podunk town in Texas or something is going to be completely different, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So you just got to do a little bit of market research in your area and determine what you know what's what's the average cost for this sort of stuff in your area. And then you can undercut it a little bit, um, you know, 10%. You don't have to do anything crazy. Uh, and yeah, now you have a competitive pricing that's affordable for a lot of people and, you know, see how it goes. So I know you've talked about, um, you know, uh, get, getting medications and then uh, potentially, you know, obviously you're buying them at a lower cost and then increasing that medication for the cell from your practice. You mentioned like, you know, say they were on a $300, um, you know, subscription plan, but they're not obviously like on a GLP-1, but maybe something cheap like phenamine. Um, do I just go to like a compounding pharmacy for that? And then that's where I start keeping those medications at my practice or how, how would you suggest that or potentially suggest that I would do something like that? 
Um, yeah, if you're operating a cash-based practice, I would recommend dispensing most medications through a compounding pharmacy. Okay. Uh, you know, like I've discussed in the courses and, you know, multiple podcasts for the compounding pharmacy will bill you and you can charge the patient whatever you want. And so for fentramine, for example, uh, you know, it's going to cost you 30, 40 bucks a month. It's what you, you know, is what your cost is going to be. And then you can charge the patients $140 a month which includes the visits and the fentermine. And so for 140 bucks a month, they're getting the visits, they're getting fentermine, you know, they're getting the whole thing and they find a lot of value out of it and they'll pay it. And then you're making a profit of a hundred bucks. Do I need to set up anything with these compounding pharmacies? Like, do you know what they require from, from a, like an upcoming practice? Yeah, you should got to create a new account with them. I mean, they're going to require, you know, copy your DEA and uh, your license and, you know, just standard stuff like that. Okay. And then, um, for medications like that, do you have any suggestions that since this is a medical spa, um, I mean, they keep the doors locked, everything like that. Is there anything that you suggest on like how you keep those medications stored? Um, you're talking about pet medications you're going to dispense or just administer? Um, dispense. So like phenamine, which is obviously a controlled substance. Um, and then I was also thinking about doing like B12 injections uh, as well. So there's a okay, so there's a difference between dispensing and administering. Okay. So if you're going to just administer B12 shots, you just buy just a vial of B12 and you can just give shots to people. If you're going to be dispensing medication, especially controlled substances, now you're there, there's there's a lot of DEA red tape and whatnot. You can't order a bunch of fentermine from a compounding pharmacy dis, to dispense from patients. You can't do that. You have to order from a pharmaceutical supplier. Okay. You have to buy it in bulk and then dispense it. But you, but then you have to navigate the DEA rules uh, surrounding uh, dispensing a controlled substance. Uh, also, your state rules. You know, some states allow MPs to do it. Some states don't. I and I don't know if New Jersey allows that or not. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally do not recommend dispensing controlled substances anymore. Uh, it's it's too much of a headache. It's too much of a liability. It's too much of a risk. You have to keep track of invoices. You have to keep track of who you've dispensed it to. You have to keep it locked. There's just, there's a lot of rules surrounding it. And me personally, I just, I, I don't think it's worthwhile when you can just dispense it from a compounding pharmacy and let them deal with all that. So when you say dispensing from a compounding pharmacy, are, are you, you mean just like calling in for a script to the compounding pharmacy? Or? Pretty much. Yep, exactly. And then they dispense it and they send it and they just mail it to the patient. So how is that different from me like calling in a script to CVS? Because CVS is going to charge the patient. They're going to charge you. You can't mark it up. Oh, so I could just call the script to the compounding pharmacy that I'm going through. The patient will then go pick up that medication from there, but the patient doesn't owe that compounding pharmacy anything. The compounding pharmacy charges you, correct. And then you can charge the patient whatever you want. Yeah. That's how you make money with a cash-based practice. Ah, okay. Okay. What, yeah. if, what about for like something simple like B12 injections? Do you suggest them getting it through them as well? Um, I I wouldn't uh, just because the B12 through a compounding pharmacy, a vial of it's expensive. You can get B12 vials through like a medical supplier like Henry Shine or something much cheaper or Top RX much cheaper. And you just dispense that from your practice. It's not a controlled substance. So you can just dispense it from your practice and it's a pretty straightforward thing to do. Or you can just administer it in your office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it was, that was a gray area that I was trying to figure out, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to go anything against rules and regulations um, as far as, you know, 
giving injections to you know this 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 rogue MP is just giving injections to patients. No, you can do that. It's in your scope to give someone an injection. Why isn't it? Yeah, no, most definitely. I just I didn't know since it's technically you know under my own practice if I needed to follow any regulations. Oh no, no, not for something like that. I mean, you know, just standard medical common sense stuff. You know, using sterile technique, etc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me ask you, have you took any of our courses? So I'm actually, you have a weight loss one that I'm actually taking this weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. You know, a lot of these questions that you're asking me are pretty basic things and that you're going to understand this a lot more if you take that course. Okay. That's, that's what I figured. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how, you know, how specific my questions were. That's why I thought, okay, let me, yeah. let me see if I can try to talk to him um, and try to pick uh, his brain on some of this. Yeah, dude, listen, man. I've thought all this, you know, I've, I've had these questions asked to me, like the course covers it all. Like you're going to walk away with everything that you pretty much need to know to get started. Okay. Okay. So instead of talking, so instead of, so instead of talking about some logistical stuff, you know, let's talk about more about stuff that I'm not going to cover in the course, you know, like for example, like, you know, your finances and stuff. So, you know, how much money are you coming into this business with? Like how much have you budgeted yourself to start this? So I have 10 grand um, for startup costs if needed. Okay. That's more than enough. Okay. Um, you will you will do just fine with that. Like the last uh, podcast that we had, you know, we talked to a guy named Mike and he he started a wellness practice for $5,000 and two years later, the guy's making $300,000 a year. Okay. So yeah. So you could do this off $10,000. I doubt you'll spend that, especially if you're going to get a room that's 300 bucks a month. All right. So, um, so you are, you're very secure with this. So your goal then I'm assuming is you're going to continue working the four days a week at the primary care practice and just kind of open this up one day a week, the weight loss clinic. I'm going to try to do two days a week, uh, one day on the weekends and one day during the middle of the week, um, to try to optimize that, that, that time that patients can come and see me. And then I wanted to do one day of after hours, like after business hours of virtual visits, uh, for patients. Okay. So you probably are going to over, that's, that's probably overkill. Okay. Just FYI, I would just stick to one or two days a week at first. All right. Um, it's going to be a little bit slow at first. Okay. The first three to six months sometimes can be a little bit on the slow side. All right. So, you know, I don't think you need to really do after hours one day. I, I feel like just one day a week at first is probably fine. If you want to do a weekend day, that's fine as well. But I suspect that you'll probably be uh, twilling your thumbs some weeks because you like, you know, maybe you'll schedule all your patients on Wednesday. And even though you might be open Saturday to see patients, uh, you might not have any booked. So like, why, why sit there and do nothing? You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah so I would, if I was you, I would try to schedule most patients on that, you know, on that weekday, if you can have the weekend day for just like in case, or if a patient just cannot see you on, you know, on the Wednesday. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 That's how I would do it. I saw patients at my men's health clinic only one day a week for a long time. And I still only see patients one day a week. Like patients typically will figure out a way to see you. Okay. Um, so just, you know, just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, now, my, I'm curious, do you have non-competes or non-solicitation clauses with your current employer? So I actually already went through legal with them and um, they, they maybe provided like the drafts of the practice. Um, and then I have to support a malpractice, a separate mal, uh, malpractice insurance as well. 
So, but that was all approved. Okay. So you can do this and it's not an issue. Fantastic. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, can you, can the patients that you're seeing now for weight loss, can they follow you to your new practice? So, <laughs> so good question because a lot of my guys, I, I have a lot of guys between like the ages of 30 to 50 that are really struggling with weight loss. And so I feel like this is probably going to be a lot of my bread and butter. Um, but I, nothing specified that I couldn't do that. Because it because I do work an hour away from my practice currently. I don't know if they see that as a threat, but that's not taking into account things like virtual visits. So this is my advice for you, okay? okay. Uh, soliciting current patients or clients from another employer is oftentimes a big no-no, okay? So my advice for you is to look at your contract and see if there's any language in it about solicitation of clients Okay. Even if there is very little language about it, I would still be very hesitant about doing it. Okay. My advice is to simply mention that you're going to be doing weight loss at this new location. That's where I'm going to be doing it. And, uh, and just call it, just call it at that. Okay. So, so yeah, so really what you're saying is make sure that you're not really advertising it and then look over my own, uh, legal clause then. Exactly, man. Don't sit there and be like, I'm going to, you know, don't, don't sit there and say, I'm going to stop seeing you for weight loss here. You need to come see me at my new practice. That's soliciting, a, that's soliciting a patient. Okay. okay. Simply just tell them I'm, I've opened up my own weight loss clinic and that's where I'm seeing, you know, a lot of my new patients at, you know, here's a card. If you'd like to come, you know, great, whatever. But like, I would just leave it at that though. Don't, don't tell them, you know, that they need to come see you there for continued care. Cause that's, that, that's soliciting a patient and, could cause problems potentially. Sure. And I didn't, I didn't think about transferring over any of my patients I currently see. I think probably is that, you know, like I said, a lot of my patients are walking billboards and, um, you know, family members, friends, they all see them like, oh, where, where, how'd you lose the weight? You know, how do we go about doing this? Um, because it, to my, to, I mean, a lot of like the, the practitioners in my, in my office or MDs in my office, they don't, they don't even go into prescribing like healthy ones. They don't want to mess with it because they consider it to be weight loss, um, uh, medications, not primary care. Um, so that was, that was the area where like, okay, do I need to try to start shifting mindset for seeing new patients and telling, Hey, I don't do weight loss necessarily in primary care. Right. 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 Okay. So yeah. So like those other patients can then, you know, they can advertise for you. I mean, that works, right? Give them, like I said, just give give them your card and tell them this is where I'm going to be seeing new patients, whatever, and just kind of just leave it at that. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Just be, uh, just just be cautious. All right. I don't want you getting in trouble over something just, you know, dumb. Um, yeah. So, uh, let me ask you, I'm assuming you're billing insurance now for the current patients that you that you're seeing at this at this primary care practice for this stuff. Yeah, so I'm, I, I currently see patients, and it's all obviously insurance. None of it's out of pocket. Um, I I think from from previous stuff with you, it's been saying, "Hey, do cash," um, of which is what I'm g- going going to keep doing. I wasn't going to uh, file for any insurance company because I know that there's litigations I have to follow. Um, and I think for weight loss, a lot of it, you know, it's it's not that it's hard to bill necessarily. Necessarily, it's just I, I feel like most patients that want to lose weight are willing to spend that money anyways. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Would you suggest that I try to get insurance? 
Um, no, I wouldn't. No, no, hell no, no, no. Avoid insurance at all possible costs. I mean, don't, don't go down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I would try to stick to cash. So, you know, just keep in mind that once patients get used to using their insurance, a lot of them won't transfer over to you and start paying you cash. Okay. So even though you can give the word out and that kind of a thing, don't expect a lot of people to just magically come to you and don't expect a lot of their family members or friends to come to you as well, because a lot of people are probably going to want to use their insurance. When people have insurance, they want to use it. Okay. Yes, they are willing to pay cash for these services. And if you are, you know, one of the few people in your area providing these services, they will you know, go ahead and pay cash to you, but you know, just keep this in mind. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably be a little bit slower as cash versus insurance, okay? Just, you know, go into this with realistic expectations, and that's a realistic expectation that you need to have. Yeah, so you said like three months, on average, three months, one day a week, just kind of see how it ramps up. Exactly. I mean, dude, think about this, okay? You're putting $300 a month into a, you know, into an office, all right? You're going to spend a couple thousand bucks on a really, really good website, Okay. You know, 1500 bucks, $2,000. Okay. Get a good website built. Um, you're going to have a Google business listing. That's free. All right. You're going to have to get like a desk, you know, some real basic furniture decorations or whatever for that office. All right. Uh, you know, a scale, you know, dude, you're going to spend three or 4,000 bucks getting this thing started. Okay. Um, you know, what's the risk here? You're spending $300 a month to keep the place open, 300 bucks a month. Whoop-de-doo, right? Yeah, I think probably the biggest one was even the malpractice insurance wasn't that much. It was really the, <laughs> the collaborative position. <laughs> right. That, that was probably, that's my biggest, that was the biggest blow. Um, okay. So I think for the next, for the, if, you, if you're talking the way you are right now, I, then maybe I might be negative for the first couple months is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I apologize. I completely forgot about the collaborators. So you know, yeah, with that, with the malpractice and everything, you're probably looking at you're closer to five thousand dollars getting this thing up and running, right? And paying the collaborator a thousand dollars a month, sure. Um, so thirteen hundred dollars a month. Again, in the grand scheme of it, that's really not that much money. And after just a few patients, cash based prep, you know, patients, it's paying for itself, right? Everything yeah. else, is, everything else is profit. Your expenses here are going to be so low. Like this thing could turn into a real cash cow for you. Yeah, because what I would what I would like to do actually at one point is just to leave my practice and just uh, do my own weight loss uh, company is is what my ultimate goal is. So. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that should be everyone's goal, you know. So you know, realistically, man, you're probably a year from that. You know, more than likely. But you know, again, sometimes when a nurse practitioner starts a business. Sometimes it takes off really fast and they can quit their job, you know, fairly quickly. Other times it's, it's, it's a little slow and you transition to part-time, you know, first. And after another, you know, another year, you can just basically, you know, leave your job. Uh, that's how it was for me. It took me a couple of years to kind of eventually just work my way out of, uh, you know, out of an urgent care that I was working at. So, so yeah, so just keep, keep that in mind. Would you suggest if I start? You know, once I start getting to a point where I'm booking out these patients and I'm booking in those one to two days a week, um, that that that's kind of the opportunity to say, okay, either back off uh, of work down to a part time status, try to launch a full a full capacity. Like yeah, that, you know, the right time to to take that that dive first. So if you are scheduling out two weeks because that one day a week you're just booked up and 
you know, the second day, the weekend day or whatever you're booked up. Uh, yeah, you know, two weeks, I would say that would probably be the cutoff time where I would like really start thinking about cutting back at your, you know, at, you know, at your job. Um, because anything more than two weeks, a lot of times patients will just, you know, they'll get ADD, ADHD over it. You know, they'll just go somewhere else. I can get them in sooner. Okay. Sure. Patients, yeah. I mean, patients will wait two weeks, but three or four weeks, they, they probably won't. All right. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's a good, uh, marker. That's kind of a good milestone to be thinking of. Another one's going to be just revenue. Okay. Even though you might be scheduling out two weeks, how much money are you actually making though? You know, that's the question. So are you making enough to cover your personal expenses and cover the expenses of the business and put back just a little bit? Okay. If you can get to that number, then yeah, it's probably time that you could say, you know, buy to the primary care practice, the, you know, your current employer, but that's going to be solely up to you and your expenses and whatnot. I mean, if you need $15,000 a month to live off of, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to that point. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that, you know, the company that I'm with doesn't pay bad in primary care. So it's not, it's not, you know, anything, it's not like a hospital position or anything. So it's pretty easy. Um, It's just, you know, it's just the drive. It's, 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 uh, me not feeling like I'm getting the getting the full amount of what I could be making um, on a daily basis. That's what's kind of drove drove me to that point. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. I mean, you're 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 going to make more money as a business owner. There's absolutely no question about it. You will never make the amount of money that you can make being employed with someone. It's it's just not going to happen. Okay. So so yeah. So your line of thinking here is uh, is correct. You've been a nurse practitioner working for three years now. Yeah, three years. Um, I, I work in Central Jersey and I make uh, one one twenty eight. Okay, you know, not terrible. It could be better. Um, you know, three years in, yeah, you know, that was about where I was at when the wheels started really turning for me. You know, I need to start my own business. I'm making these other people a fortune. I'm sick of this. Yeah, I mean, I'll see like twenty patients a day. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure I'm. Re- I mean, I, I'm 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 billing patients. You know, nine nine two one fours. Um, you know, left and right, and I'm bringing the money. It's just I feel like probably being underpaid a little bit here. So, sure. um, and I would like to you know construct my own my own scheduling. I have we we have four kids at home too, so you know that 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 time away from the family hurts a little bit. Um, so I felt like okay, maybe this is the area where I feel like I'm starting to feel more comfortable and willing to take that deep dive. Yeah, yeah, you know, think about too the expenses of the hour drive, right? You know, there and back. You know, two hours a day. You know, think about all of those expenses. Think about the lost time. You know, how much is that worth? You know, there's so many factors here for you that even though you're starting to, you know, even though if you're making less at your own business, that two hours a day that you save, how much money is that worth? It's worth a yeah. lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of considerations, man. You know, typically you will know when it's time. Like, you'll just know, you'll know that, you know, you'll be confident with the amount of money that's coming in the bank account on, you know, on a daily basis with, you know, with the business, uh, your time commitment, like you're going to know there's going to be a, there's going to be a day where you're going to be looking at the bank account, looking at how much time you're putting into the business and you're going to see the opportunity lost. Okay. Because if you're scheduling out three weeks or whatever, you know, patients are turning away, you're losing patients because you can't schedule them in time, whatever, you know, that opportunity cost there, you know, how much money are you losing? Right. So there's going to be a multiple factors coming in here and you'll, you'll know, you're going to sit back and be like, okay, it's time for me to leave. I'm, I'm losing money, turning patients away. 
we're making more than enough to support our bills and I'm saving myself two hours a day. Like I have a feeling you're just going to know. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do you have any other questions? No, that was it. It was just kind of, you know, uh, obviously, you know, that with upcoming weight loss uh, uh, course uh, this weekend, that's going to be helpful for me prior because uh, we're looking to try to launch this thing uh, by, by the end of next month. Um, just finalizing everything with my practice. So you got about, you got about six weeks. You can easily do it. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, probably the biggest thing that was holding me back was the EMR. But if you think, um, you know, $500 for EMR and all that, just not being, uh, you know, just not being needed right now, then um, I'll I'll just look, I'll, I'll look up the, uh, the one practice that you uh, mentioned. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, we recommend them in the course too. Okay. So yeah, don't, don't get hung up on an EMR for a cash-based practice. It really doesn't matter, okay? You can do good old-fashioned paper charts if you want to. Yeah. Um, the, for, for the virtual, and I, you might already talk about this during the um, during your course, uh, for the virtual, can, can I use something like Zoom? Uh, for just the, just for the telemedicine visit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Okay. All right, because that that was something where I'm just like, okay, because if the if the practice doesn't allow if the EMR doesn't allow me to use like a virtual visit um, through the EMR system, then you know what are my other options? And so, nah, you can, and most EMRs men anymore are going to have a virtual option, so don't worry about it. Okay, All right, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've listened to some podcasts before. I like the end of the episode with you asking me a question. Is there anything that you've been curious about uh, my personal life, or uh, you know, just any 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 curiosities? Yeah. So, um, what's, what, how did you get into CRT? Because, um, that's something that I've obviously right now I'm not there, but something that I've really thought about doing for patients. So, yeah, well, uh, it started off with me getting on it personally, you know, I was kind of having these kind of low T symptoms, you know, uh, the biggest one for me was just like this, this motivation and just this head fog in the middle of the afternoon. Like I just couldn't get out of the rut and my testosterone levels were, you know, low, low normal, you know? And I was like, what the hell is this? And started testosterone replacement therapy. And like all those symptoms just went away, like just went away. And I was like, there's something here. Like, why are, why aren't more men on this? And so, you know, I started looking more into it and, uh, yeah, I just, you know, kind of became a little bit of a passion project and there wasn't a testosterone replacement therapy in the city that I was living in or a testosterone uh, clinic, men's health clinic. And so I was like, you know what? I do this myself. I can relate to the patients. This isn't really that like, hard. And I just, I just kind of jumped in and started doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it is something that's kind of like a missing link because I do have a lot of patients that have, um, you know, medium to low testosterone level. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously they go through those, you know, those brain fog, fatigue, um, the loss of libido. And uh, it's, I have a hard time finding uh, people to refer them to. Yeah. Well, listen, man, you know, this clinic that you're going to open up, you know, HRT is a very, it's, it, it's a complimentary service and it's really not that hard of a thing to learn. So something to think about maybe here in the next few months. All right. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, Justin. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. You're welcome. Listen, it was a pleasure talking with you. If you ever want to do a follow-up or, uh, you know, whatever, just, uh, you know, reach out to me and we'll, we'll talk again. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Seth, a weight loss clinic startup, right? A small weight loss clinic. You know, this guy found a office 300 bucks a month 
that's a no-brainer, you know? So there's always going to be opportunity out there for, you know, a small clinic startup. Like there's going to be an opportunity for a cheap place to get started in. You know, you don't need to have a fortune to start up your own practice. I mean, he's going to be able to do it for, you know, probably 5,000 bucks. That's, that's absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of starting a business. You know, he's been an MP for three years. He's doing primary care. He's doing weight loss there. He knows what he's doing. He sees the money that he's making for his employer. And so I would highly advise for anyone else out there that's in a similar situation, you know, consider opening up your own business. Like your skills that are in your mind, your skill sets are invaluable. Okay. You can use those skills to start your own practice. Any nurse practitioner can. A nurse practitioner who has a skill set that are providing a valuable service to patients can do this on their own. You do not need an employer to do it. And I think Seth's going to have a very successful little weight loss practice. And I think it'll grow slowly over the next year and he'll probably be able to leave his job. So I wish him a lot of success. Bye. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.